it is so good to have so many people excited to talk and be in community. Even when we're not at Harvest, we are still Harvest Community Church, and that is so good to see. Um, so I'm Christian. My wife, Brooklyn, and I are the interim youth directors at Harvest. Brooklyn's right over here taking pictures. Um, and for Youth Sunday, obviously this is different than most of our Sunday services. It's different already being here at Grace, but um, this is just a different kind of Sunday. So I wanted to, um, well, first off, can we give it up for our students? So many of them. It is not easy standing up here, as I'm feeling right now. Um, and these students, it's crazy how willing all of them were for sharing verses, for, um, as I'm going to talk about in just a second, recapping, for being on the worship team, for being on the welcome team. Um, it's been really cool and encouraging to see um, how willing they are and how they, they know the value in all of that and the value in, in doing these things together. It's been really cool. Um, so just to talk for a second, we usually do these youth Sundays like after a retreat or a camp. And at these events, the amount of hours that we spend together is so invaluable. Like if we think about a normal youth group, a normal Wednesday, we'll see kids for maybe two hours, maybe three hours. And at a retreat where it's Thursday through Sunday, that's, I mean, I don't know at least 12 hours during the day that we're actually spending together. We're doing multiple lessons, multiple discussion groups. Um, we have space to do fun things, like outside of just, hey, everyone, we're playing the same game at the same time. Like, you have freedom. We can play basketball. We can play board games. We can ask questions. We can dive into the Bible in our free time. And so these retreats and these camps are so valuable. Um, and hopefully, the Youth Sunday is kind of a way to share that. Um, Another thing is, it can be hard for students that aren't at a retreat, like a student that's always there, but they had, I don't know, you have like a volleyball retreat or something that weekend and you just can't make it to retreat. It's like, you, you can feel a little disconnected, but things have kind of worked out in a nice way with a bit of chaos. Obviously, we're not in Harvest Church building. Um, we started a, a mini series on the gospel right before Harvest went out of commission. And it's been weird. We had one lesson um, there. We had one lesson at uh, the Eddie's house. And the Eddie's were so gracious to share their home for a couple of youth groups. It was amazing. And then we finished it at um, Northwest Gospel Church, where we're doing youth group right now. And in the midst of that, over all this extra time we weren't anticipating it taking, um, we also were able to have a youth retreat where Matt taught about love and taught about how God is love. And it's been really cool to be able to like recap that and mix it in with our mini, uh, mini series on the gospel. Um, and through all of that, we were able to invite all the students that weren't able to make it to retreat into what we're doing and all the ways that we were able to grow together. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go into a time of recapping those lessons that we learned about. So Matt taught in 1 Corinthians 13 about love and also in 1 John about love and how God is love and how um, our relationships with one, uh, one another relate to love and relate to sharing the gospel. So we're going to go into that. We're going to have four different students that are going to come up and recap the four different lessons that we have. And then after, we're going to go into a time of sharing where students and a couple leaders 
are going to talk about how they've seen God working in our youth group, through the retreat, and in their lives. And so they'll all answer in their own special way, and I'm so excited to hear it all. Um, and again, like, it's just so awesome to see the students respond in this way and to be bold and stand in front of all of you. Um, and so I don't want to gloss over that because it's really cool to see. Um, so I'm going to invite um, our recap students up to the stage. Okay, so I'm going to be recapping the first night, which was, um, it was all about knockoff love. So the key passages we were in was 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, and 1 John 4, 7 through 10, which is, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So this lesson, we started off with Matt did a game, and it was super fun. He put up pictures on the screen of different products, and one of them was real, and then the other one was like, it was a fake knockoff. And we had to go and like, oh, this one's the real one, or this one's a real one. And it was super hard. Like the products were things like designer bags or like AirPods. And the fakes looked so real. And it was just like, wow, I thought I knew what AirPods looked like, but I got that one wrong. <laughs> but then uh, he connected it to love and how real love is, sometimes it's hard to tell like what it is, whether that's like with friends or relationships or anything. So, uh, oh, sorry, lost it. Uh, <laughs> there are many different forms of knockoff love and they just feel us leaving, um, leaving us broken and feeling empty and just, all these awful feelings and they just like, they take from us and they just tear us down. But it can be hard to tell like what is doing that to us. And real, real love doesn't do that to us, but it's super hard to sometimes tell like, oh, this is a good thing or this is actually hurting me. So how do we know what real love is? Well, we look to the cross. We see what Jesus did for us. God is love and real love comes from God. Jesus died for us and he, he sacrificed everything for us. He didn't owe us anything. We don't do, we don't do much for him at all, like anything. We're just, we just keep messing up and turning away. But he just continues to just over and over again offer us grace. And that's real love. Real love is sacrifice. Real love does not expect anything in return. God's love is not a response to our love for him. He loves us no matter what we have to offer. Now, Lydia. All right, so the next lesson that Matt talked about was taking hold of real love. Um, he spoke about how real love isn't passive. It isn't sometimes or maybe or because of. It is not conditional to whether the person you're loving has wronged you or conditional to if they love you in the same way back. It's not just for people who earn it. Real love is a settled choice. I choose to love this person how Jesus loves them and how Jesus loves me, no matter their actions. The key passage that night was 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no, no record of wrongs. We learned what knockoff love was, so now we have to identify what real love is. It is love that stems from God. Love is patient. God is infinitely patient with us when we forget him. 
when we ignore him and when we fall back into sin. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. How do we extend this patience to others when they wrong us? Love is kind. It is truly kind. Not nice, not doing thing, good things to be recognized or to be condoned. It isn't empty or mandatory, but intentional. Intentional loving kindness. Being kind to someone because you love them, because God loves them, and not because of what they have done for you. It keeps no records of wrongs. We don't want to forgive people. We want people that hurt us to suffer for what they did, and we want to take a hold of our grudges and never let them go. But that isn't loving someone like God loves them. If God held grudges like we do, there wouldn't be any hope for us. Real love at its core revolves around others, not self. Truly loving someone requires sacrifice and requires putting their needs above our own. All around us in the world, we see the opposite. Put yourself first and do what you want to make yourself happy. Selfishness is condoned and glorified in our world. Loving yourself is placed above loving others. But God calls us in the other direction. It's not that God tells us to hate ourselves, but God is pointing us to him, which gives us a right view of self, that we are his creation, perfectly and wonderfully made. So how do we take hold of real love? We look at the faultless example of Jesus and how he loves us. And we know that we can rest in God's love for us because it is perfectly real. And next up is Lily. Okay, sorry. Um, the title of Saturday morning's lesson was Love Received is Love Given. So there were, um, there were about two main points, and they were why do we love and how do we love? To tackle the first point, we looked at 1 John chapter 4, and within that there were two passages, verses 11 through 12 and 19 through 21. For verses 11 through 12, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And then verses 19 through 21, they say, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister, who they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. God's love is unconditional, overwhelming, and never-ending, and a lot of other adjectives. Um, he has so much, and it requires a response from us to reach those that don't know him. How can a person experience God's love if they don't know him and none of us believers show it to them? It's, it's almost impossible. Um, God is love. So when we truly love people, it's with his love. It's the deepest love, and it runs for all people. Sometimes, though... It is hard to love those that disagree with us, but extending that love to them can give them the glimpse of God that they need to see. Denying a person that love is basically showing them the opposite of what they need. So, second point, how do we love? To answer this question, we spent some time in 1 Corinthians 13, which the first two speakers have already touched on a little bit, and I was gonna read the whole thing, but I realized that I left my phone with the scripture over there. So, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> um, but one main takeaway from that is that in love, it's better to give than to receive. Often we may struggle to give because we forget, you know, how important it is. 
we know that God's love is good, and once we've received something good, we want to hold it close out of fear of losing it. We don't want to risk potentially not receiving what we share. But the greatest sacrifice, the greatest action of love is sacrifice. Jesus loved us so much that, you know, he died for us, which is a reminder that right there for the cross. If he sacrificed for us, we should sacrifice for others so everyone can experience that love and so that it can be made complete in us as well. Um, so I had the fourth night, and um, on night four we talked, or wait, night three, but the fourth lesson. Um, so we talked about love that we can trust and that will last forever. Um, and so we started this by doing trust falls. And I assume everyone's done a trust fall because um, if you haven't, it's very simple. You just stand up and fall on someone else. Um, <laughs> um, but then Matt connected it to 1 John 4.16, which is, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in, lives in God and God in them. So this shows us that in all situations, hard or just any situation, we can rely on God's love and we can relax or collapse into God's love because Whoever lives, in, lives for God and in God's glory is able to put their full confidence behind God's love, which will catch us. One of the songs we sang at retreat that I don't think we're singing today, but um, it's called Run to the Father. And one of the repeating lyrics is, I run to the Father, I fall into grace. And we sang that song a bunch of times, and that lyric is repeated over and over and over. And it just kind of reminds us that like, if we run to God, like we put our trust in God, like he's there and he will catch us. Um, and then we continued and went to 1 John 4.18, which says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So the love that God has for us drives out any fear, and, and, and when we go to God with our anxieties and our fears, he will help us in them. Um, and so a point that was made that night was that... Um, could most, if not all of our fear, our deepest fears, be connected to the fear of not being loved? And like in our day and age, uh, love is used for a lot of things, and a lot of situations, and for a lot of different things. Um, and it's easy to lose the meaning and just not be able to identify where true love comes from and what true love is and how long it will last. So God's love will last forever, and all of our worldly fears that we have aren't rooted in that. And there will be a point that we won't even have any way to label fear because um, God's love is perfect. And when we're with God, there's no fear in his love. So there's no fear at all. Um, then to finish that night, we went to 1 Corinthians 13, um, verses 6 through 13. Um, in verse 6, it says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with joy. God does not find any joy in the worldly evils, but does hold, he does hold great joy for the truth, and we find truth in his love. Um, there's tons of evil in our world, lots of sin, and, the God, and God would not be good if he didn't have to deal with that evil. Um, love, God's love never fails when all of the super fakes that uh, Matt used, he used that word, um, don't think people our age use that, but... Um, <laughs> uh, God's love never fails when all the super fakes of the world fail. God will never fail because he is 100% true and not fake in any area. Um, we ended the night with 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, 
and love, and the greatest of these is love. In all things, God's love is perfect, and, and everything he does is through his love, and we should also aim to act in love in everything we do. Um, so now we're going to switch to leaders and students um, who can come up here. <laughs> um, and I'm also going to start for that. Um, so a way I saw God at work through retreat was through the ways that friendships grew after hearing about the attributes of God's love. So after hearing about how we should apply these qualities into our own relationships by being patient and kind with each other, not boasting in the gifts that God has given us, and by not self-seeking for any reasons within our relationships with each other, it was really cool to see um, how people were implementing these qualities into their own relationships um, through even the smallest of actions throughout the weekend. Friendships not only grew within discussion groups, which are smaller groups uh, based in high school and middle school and guys and girls, um, but the friendships grew between and crossed those barriers um, during games and free time each day. The space and schedule at Camp Jonah, where we were for a retreat, um, allowed for slower time to connect and have meaningful conversations with each other and take a step back from our regular and busy lives that can sometimes stand in the way of allowing these friendships to grow outside of Wednesday nights or sometimes Sunday mornings. Being able to watch and see friendships grow between people that had previously had a more surface level friendship and those friendships becoming deeper and more sincere was really cool to see. Since retreat, being able to see those friendships continue to grow um, has been an encouragement in showing how God was not just working in that one long weekend um, in those friendships, but can, is continuing to work in that. Um, a lot of times these, these weekends and retreats, we get like a camp high and we get like, oh, this is so awesome and it's just right now. But being able to see how the effects of that have continued on is really cool. Um, so now I'm passing it, I don't know, out. Uh, hi, I'm Abby, and at the Winter Retreat, we talked about how to tell apart fake love from the real deal. And to me, it was just really awesome to see, like, everyone learning something new and learning how to put Matt's words into action. And so Matt taught us, long story short, how to tell the difference between uh, real love and super fake love. And super fake love is love that's not real, so seeking love in earthly things like wealth or um, acceptance. And in God's kingdom, there's no fear and there's no need to love earthly things because there's no fear in God's kingdom because the one who fears doesn't know God's love. And another thing that we saw like during discussion groups, all the awesome conversations we had with everyone and really just getting to hear other people's perspectives. But really learning that you need to cast those things onto God because he is love. So... I say, if you struggle with anxiety or fear, cast it onto God because his love is the real deal. Um, I'll give it to you after. Um, yeah, so going into camp, I was really, really excited. And then that week, just a couple really hard situations came up and I was dealing with a lot of emotions. And I got really disappointed because I was like, well, Clearly, God can't work when I'm in a bad mood, so retreat is doomed, and it's not going to be what I expected and what I hoped for. Um, but 
going to retreat was just really, really a, exactly what I needed. And the messages, it felt like, oh, God knew exactly what I needed to hear right now that would kind of heal that broken part of me. Um, and what I learned was how to truly surrender, which is a very hard thing for me because I want to do things my way and I want God to listen to me. Um, but realizing that even if things that I put my hope in in this world fail me, it's okay because God's love is so much greater than anything that we could ever imagine. And learning what real love looks like gave me just this peace that surpasses all understanding. Like, wow, this is all I need. That's it. I'm covered. Um, and like Sophia mentioned in her recap, we sang a song called Run to the Father. And just the lyrics, run to the Father and fall into grace again and again and again, um, was so impactful to me. And learning that you can just relax into God's love. Um, and ever since camp, I have felt, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind now is, oh, I need God's help rather than trying to lean on my own understanding. Um, so that's what I took away from camp. And I just thank God for the experience that I had. And um, he knows exactly what we need. And uh, he's helping me learn how to trust him more and more. Um, hi. So um, I actually didn't go to retreat, so there's your plot twist of the sermon. But um, I have gone to youth group plenty of times, so I'll talk about that. So youth group um, is kind of just a place where, like, relation, like Christ-centered relationships have been established and grown. Um, there's just a ton of different people uh, with different backgrounds and experiences, but it's just so cool to be a part of and see, like, those different people uh, creating friendships and just growing and uh, glorifying God in that way. And it's just so supportive. Uh, like, I've met, like, probably all my best friends from youth group. Um, so it's, it's really impacted me in that way. Um, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says that as iron sharpens iron, uh, so does a man sharpen a man. And I think youth group is just a perfect example of that. Um, it's just everyone is just so supportive of each other and um, like going through something is like um, just when you have a community like youth group, it just makes it so much easier and just to be able to experience God's love in that way is just excellent. So that's awesome. This whole time I wanted to stand behind the table and feel like a professor. I've been looking at colleges and they do that and it seems really cool. So I'm giving it a go. Uh, I'm Jack O'Done. Some of you may know me, some of you may not. I am a senior and uh, I've gone to youth group for somewhere around five years, uh, which is coincidentally how long Matt has been our youth pastor. And at retreat, I made it a day late. Um, because I had something going on. I forget. It wasn't as important as retreat, but, you know, I kind of, oh, it was, a, it was a college tour. Uh, okay, maybe it is as important as retreat. Um, but I came a bit late. 
Uh, but I was in with the middle schoolers. And the whole time, they were talking, oh, we have to spend time with Matt. We have to do stuff with Matt. We have to, we have to do all this with Matt. Um, because Matt has just been such a presence of love in the youth group so much over five years. Students have came and went, and I can guarantee you every single one will remember him because love was the way that he taught. And it was kind of fitting. It was the last thing he would teach while leaving the youth group. Um, so Brooklyn, Christian's wonderful wife and the interim youth leader at the back, hi Brooklyn, uh, texted me and she asked me if I could share on Youth Sunday, how did you see love during the retreat and how have you seen love since the retreat? So I'm gonna sit in the first one uh, and let's talk about how I saw love at the retreat as a leader. So funny story, Matt woke me up at like 7.15 and was like, hey, you uh, a staff meeting in 15 minutes, if you can go to it if you want. I went there not expecting to be a leader, but I was working with the middle schoolers, like I said before. Uh, so I got to go to staff meeting and that, that, that was awesome. But as a leader, I kind of presided over a bunch of people. I got to uh, feel power, uh, and it was awesome. And now I'm hungry for more. Um, but no, uh, it, was, it was an incredible perspective and experience because I got to see other students doing stuff with other students, which is like, whoa, no, like, no way. You see that at youth group? No, I was the student doing stuff with other students. Now I was watching them do it, and it was so much crazier. I saw it. there were two students at the retreat one of the first days I wasn't there, they fought. They had some fight, pushing, something, I don't remember. By the end, I saw them like give each other a big bear hug and then they got on the bus. <laughs> and like, I don't know what happened between them, but just wow. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much love. There were new students that hadn't been there before that caught to like just sit with us and, and be there and like sit in love with each other, which is like just an amazing experience that I think is essential to like growing community, which is what we've been talking about. Last week, uh, I think Matt was doing the lesson on how we love each other and how we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I was like, yeah, we, we are. We, we have to love each other, no matter if you don't know them, get to know them. If, if I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not up here to teach, but I just think, like, that is an amazing way that, like, you can just be together at a retreat. Uh, and, and so we put together a collage for Matt, uh, a going away video, um, telling him thank you for everything he's done. And that was, like, it... I don't know, I got, I got the feels up in my heart. I was, I was on the verge of tears. It was beautiful because we got to show the love that we had for another person, someone that meant so much to us. And that was something super special. Everything about love is special because it's something from God, about God, the essence of God. And now I'm gonna get into, I went off a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm going longer than I meant to. Uh, I'm gonna get into the second part, how I've seen love since the retreat. And I think the perfect example is the day dedicated to love, Valentine's Day. Now, uh, who in this room is married? I'm pretty sure uh, that's a lot of hands. Uh, that's a lot of hands. That's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. 
Well, I'm 18. I'm not married. The other people at youth group are not 18 and not married. But the leaders are. Christian and Brooklyn are. Rich is. Almost everybody I know is. That is a leader. But these leaders sacrificed that day with somebody romantic-wise. They could have gone on a nice date. They could have had a fancy dinner, popped open a bottle of wine. Uh, but no, they spent it growing in love in relationship and community with kids, the, the people that are influenced, that will grow up to be the future and will then pass down that love they were shared to the next generation. So that love that we got at the retreat and that love we had at youth group goes so much further, has such a deeper ripple effect that the, the value of love that I can stand up here and tell you what I saw, it's nothing. It's a speck, a drop of what I can see compared to how much love is out there and how much love we have to give to our community. Um, so with that, I think I went un poco over time. Uh, I had a verse I'd like to share, but I'm a, do I have time? Okay, they said yes, I'm doing it. Okay, so I have two verses I'd like to share. What, I'm using up even more time, but you all love it, so you get to do it. All right, the Bible app is loading. So the first verse is from Ephesians 5, verses one to two. And uh, so I'm gonna go through the whole thing and then I'm gonna point out one bit I want you guys to focus on. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for, for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I'll start at verse 2, and I want you guys to focus on one part. And walk in the way of love. All right. You guys sitting in that? Awesome. Now, I'm going to tell you the verse that I got years ago when I was in 7th or 8th grade the last winter retreat before COVID hit and everything shut down. I got the verse in John 14, six, and it says, so the disciples are asking Jesus a question and he answers them. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Now, if you have a really good memory, you'll remember years ago when we were doing Harvest Church outside, we had Youth Sunday and I shared that exact verse right then. And then people at youth group, you might remember, I've shared that verse before. But to me, it's such an important verse. The walk in the way of love. Jesus is the way. Walk in the way of Jesus is what he's saying. Just, what? 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 Crossovers in the Bible everywhere all point back to Jesus, who is love. That love is the point of who God is. Like I said before, his essence which, just amazing. Um, so with that, I shared my verses. I went over time, and I'm going to hand it off to the greatest high school leader for certain groups. For, for our discussion group, I don't have favorites, but you're my favorite. Love you. Bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next time I'm talking after Jack, you're just going to have to cue me up when I walk up on, on stage. <laughs> Um, well, my name is Rich Atala, and I am one of the youth leaders uh, here at Harvest. Um, and I do want to share a little bit about um, how I've seen God work in our youth 
um, in our youth group, uh, as well as how he's been working in my life um, as a youth leader. Uh, I started working with the youth last summer, and so it's really been about seven or eight months. It hasn't been that long, but even in that period of time, I've just seen so much of how um, the, the growth that's happened in our youth group um, and that spiritual growth really happening in terms of how they love one another. Um, you see that you know, manifest in so many ways from how our students um, really do sacrifice a bit of themselves for each other. I think about our student leaders uh, each week, you know, meeting outside um, of, of youth group and who are there, who are welcoming the you know, new folks all the time, are helping set up, coming up with games and really sacrificing to make sure that youth group is a warm place for, for uh, their peers. Um, I think about, you know, as Jack mentioned, that was his, you know, he's a senior, this is his last uh, winter retreat. And for him to, um, instead of kind of hanging out with the rest of the high school guys, um, sacrificed his time to be a leader for the middle school guys. Um, for, for Marilyn and Andrew, who gave up some of their free time to, to help lead worship as well. Uh, and those examples are just a few, but I've seen that more and more for how our students are showing up for one another and how they're walking in life with one another. Um, as in First John, you know, four reminds us this how they know that we are his by how we love one another. Um, and so for, for me as a leader, um, you know, that, that growth that I see and that um, just seeing how God is, is working in our students' life is something that that my fickle heart needs. Um, you know, it's so, so easy to, or so much easier to see how God is working in the life of others than, um, than it is to see how he's working in your own life. And so for, um, for me to see him so active and, you know, think, thinking back on, on my time, in, in my verse, actually, I, I also picked a verse for my weekend that I did want to read. Uh, and the verse that I chose out of the winter retreat was 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And Paul writes this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Uh, and when I was a youth, actually just as a kid, kind of growing up through my youth, even early adulthood, um, there were definitely some, some challenging times. You know, there's, you know, long periods of depression, um, you know, suicidal uh, periods there, years of, of that, uh, and just other, other challenges. And when you look back, it's so easy, you know, when you're going through difficult times to just want God to take that away. Um, or, you know, as you're... Um, look back to just say, gosh, I, I really wish that road was easier. Um, until you realize that when you get to work with, um, with students and, and just an incredible group like this one, um, and realize that you know, the, the work that God was doing then, that I would be prepared and equipped in some of the conversations that we have now. Um, and to see how God uses those. And so really, I, I think about, you know, as James says, you know, to take pure joy in trials and and tribulations, the more I work with youth, the more I'm grateful um, for the challenges that I have. And then even as I go through challenges now, um, they, you know, there's, there's a bit there that gets me excited to say, you know, that um, of what, how's God gonna use this in the future, that there's gonna be a point where I look back at this and say, okay, 
this is why I, I went through here. And so it's, it's hopeful anticipation and challenging times even still where it's like, great. I'm excited to see you know, how God is going to continue to work in my life. Um, you know, to, um, you know as, as Paul says, for um, um, really for the works that, you know, the good works he's, he's got planned for me. That's it. Tiani? My name is Tiani. I'm a senior this year, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be a senior next year. I have the privilege of working with the middle school girls. Crazy, crazy girls. They are Wonderful. My assignment is to tell you how I've seen God working with them in the youth group, and not just the middle school girls, but everyone, and how he's working with me. He's working with me, and I can tell because I'm up here. This is not where I belong. I belong back in the kitchen doing great preparation and stuff. I'm not up here. But... I want you to know that at a time when young people have other options for entertainment, these kids choose to come to youth group. They choose to spend their time learning about God's love, about reading scripture. They choose that. They love God. Um, sure, it's social. Sure, it's fun, and sure, not all of them have a relationship with Christ. Not yet, anyway. Um, they love God. Um, and at the core, God is the center. God is the center of everything we do. And I am so blessed to be a part of that. And I would encourage anyone who has any interest to come and help out with the youth group be a part of it see what god does with them see how god's working in their life for yourself don't just take it from us thank you all right i'm, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna go into another time of worship Dear God, thank you for all the ways that you are at work in our lives that, that we don't see and the ways that you're working in our community that we, ne we may not be aware. And I just thank you for how you provide. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that we have a church here at Grace to meet, a church at Northwest Gospel to meet. I think Playgroup is meeting at Gateway and you just provide in so many ways and just such a blessing to have encouragement from every age, from every background, from every um, corner that we all bring something else to the table. Um, and it's because of you and because of your love. I pray that you open our hearts to that um, in this time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen.